So right now with Raven, um, you know, she spends basically all of her time. She's always on mom. Three days before Halloween, the St. Louis Zoo welcomed its newest primate. Her name is Raven, and her birth kicks off the third generation of chimpanzees in residence at the zoo. Common chimpanzee vocalization is called a pant hoot, and they kind of purse their lips. And when the group is vocalizing, we see um, Raven kind of start to purse her lips and try to mimic what she's seeing the adults do and watch her mom while she's doing that. Joining us today to tell us more is Helen Boostrom. She's the zoological manager of primates at the St. Louis Zoo. Helen, welcome. Thank you for having me. So, Helen, when we last talked to you, this was back in September, at that point, Raven's mother was still pregnant. So how did labor go for Utamu? So um, labor happened in the middle of the night. Um, We monitored over cameras, and one of the interesting things about her labor is her mother, Rosebud, was right there by her side the entire time, which was great to see her have that support. Mm -hmm. Um, Raven was born about 3.30 in the morning, um, and, you know, it was pretty quick uh, labor, and every, you know, it went well. And she had her mom right by her side, kind of both Rosebud and Utamu groomed the baby as soon as it was born, and we're taking very good care of it. Wow, that's great. I know there were a lot of um, hopes and fears around this birth. It sounds like things went as well as they could have gone. Is it normal that the zookeepers would be keeping watch overnight like that? It, you know, it depends on um, the species. It depends on, um, you know, if they're a first-time mom or not. So mm-hmm. um, we just, we kind of do as much as we can. We kind of talked about last time, you know, the training and stuff, just to set up mom for success and kind of help out. Um, so we do, there are births that we do monitor overnight, and there are some that we don't. So you knew, I mean, this was related to the childbirth. It wasn't like you'd normally be watching these chimps at three in the morning. You, you knew she was in labor. You guys wanted to watch this happen. Correct. Correct. Okay. So a happy ending here and not at all an ending, also a new beginning. So, so tell us about this baby. How big was Raven at her birth? So we are, uh, we don't get kind of a weight at that initial birth. Um, she was a couple days later when we did get a weight. She was about one, a little bit over one kilogram. Um, she kind of... And, did, and sorry, I, I hate to be so American, but can you translate that? How does that relate to pounds? You know, I cannot remember the translation from kilograms to pounds. I want to say about three pounds. Oh, okay. Um, but don't go <laughs> I will not quote you I on that. I cannot remember. Everyone listening, you cannot take that to the bank. It's an estimate. <laughs> and actually, our producers tell me if their math is correct, they think that's about two pounds. So, okay. So for a human baby, this would be very small, but that's about mm-hmm. in line with what one wants for a chimp? Yes, it is. Okay. And it, it sounds like you wanted to give her a couple days with her mom before you would even take her away to weigh her. Is, is that what was yeah. Yeah, and actually, so um, there, Utamu had some um, difficulty figuring out nursing, so that's actually why we did a health check on Utamu and Raven, and that's when we got the weight. Um, we had talked about kind of the preparations um, and training we did in terms of helping um, Utamu um, kind of figure out motherhood while she was pregnant, and that actually ended up being very useful Um when we were trying to help Utamu figure out how to nurse a baby, um, because that was very new for her, um, and she just needed to figure out kind of the position to hold um, Raven and how to help her nurse. And so um, that's when we got the weight when we were checking on her. So there was some initial difficulty with that. How do you push past that, you know, not quite knowing the right position when you're dealing with a chimp? Yeah, and that's 
where that relationship um, that the animal care staff has with the animals comes into play and all that preparation. Um, so we did a lot of training um, with Utamu. She, you know, loves grapes and kind of trying to make um, training and nursing a positive experience for her. And so when Raven was born, um, we utilized that training that we'd been working on to try to help her figure out um, that how to hold Raven, but also um, nursing isn't very comfortable, especially if you um, haven't had a baby before. Mm -hmm. So kind of figuring that out and then it was okay um, that that discomfort was normal and, you know, giving her some grapes and um, helping her work through that um, was part of the process. And it was just, you know, having that already established relationship with um, Utamu that she was comfortable, um, you know, bringing uh, Raven up to us for us to see, comfortable working with us, um, with Raven uh, to for her to start to nurse. So that's sort of how the care team worked with Utama to kind of figure it out, how to hold Raven, um, that that discomfort was okay, that that was what was she was supposed to be working through with the baby. Boy, uh, that reminds me so much of the lactation consultants that I had in the hospital as a new mom. Like, you just need somebody to kind of tell you this is okay, this is normal. You guys were there for that positive reinforcement. Yep. And then we also, you know, I've mentioned, you know, Rosie there through the labor. So um, she also, you know, had some chimps nearby that kind of helped her out and kind of just, you know, Rosie would groom the baby and groom her. So she kind of had that comfort of um, her family and friends around to help her with it. Mm, So good to have grandma there. Uh, So tell us about how does a newborn chimp compare to a baby chimp? Are they also relatively helpless, need mom to do everything? Yeah, so the biggest difference um, is that infant chimps start clinging right away. They're mostly clinging with those hands, but they, you know, their mom is moving through the forest and pretty busy as a chimpanzee. Um, So, you know, Tommy was climbing and moving around right away. And so a chimpanzee infant um, starts clinging and holding on to their mom's hair on their belly um, hip area right away. They still need some support from mom, so Utama would keep kind of her hand down and kind of help the baby. Um, But Raven did need to cling right away. But other than that, there is a lot of dependence on mom. There's pretty significant maternal involvement in a chimpanzee life. Um, They are nursed until the baby is about three to four years old. Hmm. Um, The infant is kind of an infant till they're about that age, and then they're considered a juvenile. They really stay pretty close to mom, um, you know, for seven years uh, before they become more independent. And um, so right now with Raven, um, you know, she spends a, basically all of her time. She never, it's, she's always on mom. Um, mm-hmm. Utamu's not leaving her. She's not able to move around on her own. She basically just started reaching for things. Right now, she's working on trying to turn herself over when her mom puts her down. Um, in those kind of play stations, um, sessions, uh, Utamu will lay her down on a big nest that's nice and soft and kind of play with her and encourage her to move her arms. Um, and that's where seeing Raven start to try to turn over. Um, but yeah, they're really dependent on mom at this stage. And, and these developmental milestones, these sound just like the sort of developmental mi- milestones for babies. They're kind of almost coming in the same sequence. That must be so interesting to watch the differences and and the similarities there. Yeah, and it really is very interesting. And one of the other things that Raven is kind of we're noticing with her is she's starting to try to learn how to speak chimpanzee. You know, so you see with humans kind of them learn how to say words. Well, for chimpanzees, 
Um, their communication is both um, facial expressions. It's um, very like visual as well as um, vocalizations and sound. So you see Utamu. Uh, Raven looking at Utamu when she's talking uh, or vocalizing, um, and you see Raven kind of starting to move her mouth and make those expressions, um, as well as start to try to make sounds. So a common chimpanzee vocalization is called a pant hoot, and they kind of purse their lips. And when the group is vocalizing, we see um, Raven kind of start to purse her lips and try to mimic what she's seeing the adults do and watch her mom while she's doing that. Hmm. So do her words or, or these sounds that she's making, do they have meaning yet for her? She's just trying to, to form them or is she, you know, asking the way you'd ask for food? She's, yeah, she, they don't have meaning yet. It's kind of just, um, she's trying to figure it out. So at this point, she doesn't, for chimpanzees, the different sounds do have specific meanings, asking for food, things like that. But she hasn't quite figured that out yet. She's just starting to learn how to make those facial expressions um, and vocalizations basically by mimicking Utamu um, and watching the group when they make those sounds. Hmm. Now, you had mentioned the earlier problem there, um, just initially a little bit of trouble with, with trying to get the breastfeeding thing down. Is she gaining weight appropriately at this point, Little Raven? Yeah, so she is growing. Um, so we, and when I talked about those, um, you know, milestones that we're seeing, we do kind of have a list that we're, you know, tracking and kind of is she hitting those chimpanzee um, milestones at the appropriate time? Is she gaining weight? Um, and she does seem to be meeting all those milestones. She's uh, nursing very frequently now. Uh, we're seeing her gain weight. Um, she's still being weighed with Utamu, so Utamu knows how to sit on the scale So um, as part of her training, and so Raven gets weighed with her. Um, but we're seeing that um, progression in her at a healthy weight and um, meeting all her milestones. Well, that's so great to hear. So I don't want to jump the gun on this, but hearing you talk about this chimp, is she ready to meet the rest of us yet? So um, she uh, right now we don't have a public uh, debut date known. Um, she is getting more comfortable. It's really she's, you know, met all of her chimpanzee group. Um, it's really, you know, getting Utamu and the group comfortable um, just because they are so protective of um, Raven. So mm-hmm. we don't have that date yet, but we're kind of get, playing it by uh, the chimps timeline. So they're still kind of hanging out in, in a separate area. So she doesn't, uh, the idea is to keep her from the public at this point. And it's kind of even when we do have that public debut, it'll always it'll still be um, Utamu's um, kind of choice. So there'll be an area that she can go um, and take the baby that's um, off um, view from the public, just so we make sure that Utamu has what she needs as a new mother to feel comfortable. Hmm. Our guest today is Helen Boostrom. She's the zoological manager of primates at the St. Louis Zoo. It's been so exciting to hear about Raven, uh, who's now about three months old and is the newest primate to be born there at the St. Louis Zoo. We do need to take a quick break, but we'll be back shortly to continue this conversation. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. 
Choosewood.com. And now back to our conversation. My guest today is Helen Boostrom. She's the zoological manager of primates at the St. Louis Zoo. We've been talking about Raven, uh, who is the newest primate to be born at the zoo. She's now three months old. And um, Helen, as, as we were talking about, she's the first member of this third generation. She's got her grandma there with her. She has her mother there with her. Is there hope for another young chimp in Raven's generation anytime soon? Um, so with chimpanzees, there's actually a um, three to six um, year inner birth interval between infants because mm-hmm. there is so much um, invested. Uh, mother chimpanzee can't um, have multiple baby, or they can, they can have twins, but they do um, spend so much time invested in one. So it will be a while before Utamu has another offspring. Um, there are other females in the group um, who could um, have offspring in the future. Um, but at this point, we don't have another pregnant uh, female chimpanzee. So it'll at least be eight, nine months, um, you know, that we, because no one is pregnant at the moment. Okay. And when we had last talked about her, this again was still during the pregnancy when we didn't know Raven would be Raven. We also didn't know who her father was. I'm wondering if that mystery has been cleared up. No, at this point, we still haven't cleared up um, that mystery. Uh, Paternity tests uh, would need to be done, and we haven't quite done one yet. Um, So we are planning to in the future, um, but I'm not sure exactly when we will get that information. So, Helen, you told us a bit about what Raven is is now learning to do. You know, she's working on her pant hoots, um, some of these other things. What is going to be next up for her? What, What does a chimp baby tend to learn after they're three months old? So, um, so she'll start learning more vocalizations, um, you know, learning how to laugh, um, food vocalizations. Um, so I kind of, I mentioned she was also kind of trying to figure out how to turn over. Um, so the next thing, and this is all while clinging to um, her mom, but learning how to stand up, holding on to her mom, learning how to kind of take a few steps. Um, but all of this would be holding on to Utamu. Um, it is several months before she would even venture a couple feet from Utamu. Mm. Um, and Utamu, you know, is very protective. She's very watchful of her. Um, so it probably will be a little bit longer for her as well, just because she's got a first-time mom who's shown that she's very careful about <laughs> um, keeping an eye on her. <laughs> and in terms of the other chimps, I mean, have they shown much of an interest in this new baby? Yeah, so right now, um, Utamu is very uh, social and well-respected within the group. So she's always kind of been the center. Um, You know, she's always involved in grooming and play and has strong relationships with everybody. But we've seen, uh, you know, with Raven, uh, the other chimps are even more interested um, in Utamu and Raven. So there's a lot, uh, we see a lot of grooming that involves Utamu and play sessions. Um, When they walk, by Utamu, um, we sometimes see them um, giving little head nods, which is a greeting for chimps to Raven. So kind of two Utamu's <laughs> hip are in back where Raven's face is um, versus in front of Utamu. So it definitely seems um, directed at Raven. Uh, Utamu is very watchful and observant um, and 
very careful and she'll let um, the other chimpanzees know if she's not comfortable with what they're doing. But she has let the other chimps um, groom uh, Raven. So in those hmm. grooming sessions, usually they start grooming Utamu when she's comfortable to start grooming Raven's back and kind of, um, but yeah, so they are very interested and um, definitely seem very curious about Raven. Um, but Utamu's being very protective and um, very good mom and kind of directing everyone on how comfortable she is with them interacting with Raven. Mm-hmm. You mentioned you haven't done a DNA test, so of course we don't know who the father is, but are any of the prospective fathers sort of asserting themselves in, in almost a father-type role? So chimpanzee males are less involved in terms of um, that father role just because they uh, live in those multi-male, multi-female um, groups, and they really aren't, you know, they're not aware of who the father is. So Hugo is our dominant male. So he, you know, does tend to be, uh, especially with the group being focused on Utamu and Raven, closer and kind of keep an eye and groom. But we've seen all of the males um, interact with Raven and Utamu and seem very interested um, in them and just kind of grooming and playing with Utamu and grooming Raven. So can't really see a difference, but we honestly wouldn't really expect to see much of a difference. Hmm. So we shouldn't read anything into that. This is just chimps love babies the way who doesn't love a baby. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, well, that's, um, man, it's just great to hear about this baby. I know that Utamu had earlier had a stillbirth. It must just be such a relief to know everything's going so well. Yeah, and it's just, um, you know, getting to see Utamu bond with the infant, you know, just you know, talked about them playing earlier. It's just really um, kind of getting to have... Utamu have that experience and have the rest of the chimpanzee group, you know, have that interest in the baby um, and get that experience is really great. Hmm. So thinking about little Raven um, clinging there to her mother, it reminded me of Ginger, who was the orangutan who was born in 2014. I remember there was just a, a lot of excitement around that. How is Ginger doing today? So Ginger is doing great. She recently turned six. Her birthday's in December, um, and she is still uh, so very similar to chimpanzees. Uh, orangutans are still juvenile, still kids um, until they're seven to ten years old, and so she's still got a lot of growing to do. But <laughs> she is a lot bigger than she was when she was first born, and even bigger um, than she was at five. She's pretty independent. Um, she's still you know, nest with her mom at night, um, and when they're moving long distances, um, stays close to Mira. But she's a pretty independent um, and confident orangutan now, and is just always playing with her sister Ruby or her father Chinta, um, and just a lot bigger. She definitely had a growth spurt this year. <laughs> she's shooting up. <laughs> so looking at orangutan babies and chimp babies, um, are, are they more alike than, than different? So there is a lot of similarities in terms of, you know, those developmental milestones, but there are some differences um, just because the species differences, mm-hmm. um, you know, both of them climb in trees, but orangutans spend a lot more time in trees, um, but that clinging behavior, uh, you know, learning to vocalize, those are all very common, you know, when those milestones occur, very similar for um, orangutans and chimpanzees. Okay. So even though this is the first uh, chimpanzee baby in a while, you guys know what you're doing. This is not the first baby that the, the zoo has been keeping an eye on. Yeah. 
So uh, this leads me in our last couple minutes here. I wanted to talk about the bigger picture here as much as it's exciting to to think about new life and, and think about how these primates are doing. Um, there are some big stressors on these species in the wild. And it seems like the palm oil issue in, involving orangutans is one that's just really important to talk about. And I'm wondering if you can just shed some light on what this issue is and how this affects orangutans. Yeah. So one of um, the big things with um, you know, the palm oil is orangutans, where I was talking about them, you know, living up in the trees and climbing, they are very dependent on the rainforest. It's where they built their nests up at night. Um, it's where they find their food. So um, palm oil plantations that are unsustainably um, farmed lead to the rainforest being cut down. It leads to orangutans not having a home to live in. And, um, you know, they can't find food. They come into conflicts with humans living in the area just because they're looking for food in a safe place to be. It forces them to be on the ground more, which can put them in contact with lots of predators and parasites that are on the ground. So palm oil is found in so many things. It's found in um, products like shampoo. It's found in food. It's very commonly used item. Um, and sustainable palm oil is farmed in such a way that they're not needing to cut down new forests. It also um, is set up in such a way that it helps, um, you know, people who live in those communities, like workers, mm -hmm. um, have living wages. Because really one of the important things with conservation is um, that, you know, the people who live in those areas, those communities are considered. Um, so one of the things that people can do to help out orangutans, and it's very simple, you can do it here in St. Louis, is when you're buying products to check um, that the palm oil that is in them is sustainably farmed. Um, there's different apps that you can use to check for that. Hmm. Um, and it's just a really easy, simple way to help out orangutans um, just because unsustainable palm oil plantations have such a big effect on orangutans and their ability to survive. Is there a particular app that you'd recommend or, or a general sort of check that we should do to make sure we're only buying from the brands that are doing this right? So one of the ones um, that is very common that we I use and other care staff uses um, is called is was built by the Cheyenne Mountain Zoo. So it's the Cheyenne Mountain Zoo um, app, and it can be if you go to the St. Louis Zoo's website, um, we do have a page on palm oil, and it has the link to get that app on that. Uh, the St. Louis Zoo's website. Oh, that's great. Okay, so that's the Cheyenne Mountain Zoo has an app about this. We'll make sure to also get that linked on our website. That's stlpublicradio.org for people who want to check this out and, and learn more about this issue. Um, Helen, are there any issues for the chimpanzees right now that have that same um, importance and just criticalness uh, that the palm oil issue does for orangutans? Yeah, so um, very similar to orangutans, um, the habitat loss is what um, affects chimpanzees. Now, in chimpanzee habitats, one of the things is mining um, that, you know, that contributes to habitat loss. And they, one of the minerals that gets mined for is actually used in electronics like cell phones. Mm. And so a simple way you can help out chimpanzees is by actually recycling um, your cell phones, other electronics, because they can actually reuse um, that mineral instead of having to mine it. Um, 
so it's a very simple way to help out chimpanzees and wow. help with their habitat. That is really good to know. I feel like that's something we should be doing anyway, an added incentive to think it's helping the wild chimps. So <laughs> this has been a very useful conversation. Um, Helen Boostrom, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for letting me talk about chimpanzees. Helen, again, is the zoological manager of primates at the St. Louis Zoo, uh, gave us the scoop on Raven. And I'm sure we'll have much more to talk about Raven as she continues to grow. So stay tuned for future updates. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.